This was probably the most difficult podcast I've ever done, and I've actually had to get myself up for it. It was a, it was actually it was a form of therapy, and I, I don't know whether I feel good or bad after talking about it. I say it's good to talk, but from recounting the memory, the heart is still raw, the cut is still open, to be honest. I want to forget the key incident of the day because this podcast is not a look back and a revisitation of the traumatic event itself, but it's an investigation of the impact of that day. Yesterday, the 11th of July 2020, marked the 10-year anniversary of 2010, the Leinster final, the Joe Sheridan earthquake, and this is episode 104 of the Loud and Proud podcast. But first, here's a shortened intro. Here's a chance for Rooney! What a goal by JP Rooney! Greetings, loved ones. Let's take a journey. Ah, oh, JP's goal. That beautiful goal. Having researched in this podcast and kind of storing the memory pot. I watched the uh, watched the goal over and over and over and over again. I know it's on my it would have been on my intro for a lot of the time for every every season I suppose, every episode. JP's goal and it was uh, it that's one that's one impact of the day. That's the first impact I'm going into, and that is that goal is buried forever. It's never thought really spoken about. It should be national. It should be a defining moment in in football, in outside of football, it was such a class goal. And having watched it over and over and over, it uh, it just, it's a thing of beauty. Even he gets the ball, even, what's mad is watching the thing over. Um, Paddy Keenan has the ball from the free kick, and again, Adrian Reid is fouled. Paddy Keenan has it, the camera cuts, and then Mark Brennan has the ball. And he sends a high ball into the mixer, as Mark could say himself. And Brian White's inside with... JP, uh, I actually could sense it at that moment. I could sense it. We were there was a goal in us at that time, 62nd minute. We were right in the game. We were level, and I thought, right, we have a goal in us. We're going to get a goal. We're going to win this game. It's so tight with 10 minutes to go, or a little less than 10 minutes to go. We're going to win it. Mark sends the ball in, quick thinking, just kind of catch them off the cuff. The ball breaks lovely off the left fulls back. Um, oh, I can't think of his name. Um, wasn't Owen Harrington maybe it was Owen Harrington because O'Connor's too small yeah it was Harrington Owen Harrington the Wolf Tones man drops JP grabs it and he doesn't just go straight away he actually gives a little bit of a a show and tell to uh, to the defender to draw him even more space then he opens his whole body up and just calls it into the top corner it was just magic absolutely magic and that is the first impact of this. JP's goal is not recognised. And probably JP is not recognised nationally as the star, star forward that he was for Loud. Like even when he burst on the scene um, in the late 90s, even that, that year we won the league, beating awfully, he was unreal. Like so exciting. One of the, probably one of the only players I remember when he got the ball. It was really exciting. So that's Barry. So why am I doing this? I suppose it's something I, I had a chat with Stefan White. That's coming out next week, two-parter. 
and it triggered with me. This is what Stefan had to say about, about this impact. I, I, I think, and I know it's been said before, I think it drove like fucking back 10 years. So actually, I'm going to actually disagree with Stefan. I think we're actually still in the midst of a days. I think it set us back about 25 years. And two generations have to come through it. Probably one has gone through it. So a quarter of a century has really been lost in loud football after what happened in that game. And I'll go through them all now. Like any good therapy session, you kind of have to go back to the actual moment of when this affliction happened. So let's join Jer Canning and Martin Carney, the co-commentator on RT that day, to the exact moment before we go any further. Which actually, on the day I, I, I was the other end of the field and it's only I only heard through hearsay from people around the crowd what actually happens. So, um, yeah, let's hear from Jer and Martin. Across here once again, fisted out somehow, only as far as Graham Riley. We're now in the fourth minute, it's high up into the crowd, it's in towards Joe Sheridan, it's, oh yes, it's stuck on the line somehow, Seamus Kenny had the chance, and it's in the back of the net, it's in the back of the net, somebody scored it, now they're protesting that it was pushed in, Meath fans are celebrating, is the goal being given? You can see Aaron Hoy in there saying talk to the umpires. Dramatic last few seconds here. Oh God, that's dramatic. What happens? It's a goal. The goal has been given and Meath are in front. And Meath are about to win in the most amazing circumstances. Heartbreak for Loud. This is where they thought they had done their bit of defending, but somehow it was put in over the line. Well, was it kicked in over the line? It was thrown over the line, more or less. The first, the first situation, Seamus Kenny fitted the ball in the square. Should have been a free Atlantic for a square ball. Secondly, Joe Sheridan, I think, threw the ball over the line yep. or fell over the line with the ball. You cannot have been do allowed. That. Cannot do that. But the goal was given, and Loud will be heartbroken after all this time. That is daylight robbery. Victory snatched from their grasp. There's a yellow card there for Aaron Howey for his protestations, but it doesn't matter. Well, I thought in the first instance that they went forward, accrediting Seamus Kenny was in the... It's all over. Meath have snatched this game. A case of daylight robbery because Loud had it. Yeah, that, that was hard. That's hard to listen to, isn't it? That is, that is really hard to listen to. Like, oh even the supports coming on at the end. But look, I'm not here to talk about that. That's different. I will get to that, but um, it was just, it was just a killer. And I'm not, uh, just, the impact of that um, will start with the youth development. Like, to actually miss out on bringing the schools around, bringing the cup around the schools. To bring it around the summer camps that that summer, and um, to boost the, the interest of the parents, to boost every club, we lost all that. I feel it went, it torn people away. It stopped people getting enjoyment out of it. It just it was such a dampener, such a sickener on people to feel what they felt. Um, just so just so hard, and I just find that. 
that you can see now in our development squads and our underage that we're only kind of slowly getting back to normality now and because it's a reference point for all those youth players, all those young players that they'll all remember is that 2010 game and when Laird get better. I suppose I, my reference point would be that 91 game against Kildare we beat them or maybe the Row as well. Um, but really good memories like uh, I know they have the Loud and Kildare 2010 game themselves but this overshadows it and so the only lens to file in their lifetime and in my lifetime was the absolute big negative national argument and bloody Joe Duffy kind of memorandum about it so that's 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 nearly the first impact the youth development. And you can see now it's 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 showing like we uh, we got the one under twenty one final in decades, um, and minors have been slowly on the on the decline this past few years since that. Uh, I know we had we had a really good, really good team to get to the Dublin final. That's very the, yeah the Dublin final twenty sixteen was it? it was a complete anomaly, because um, we haven't got any like some years we haven't won games at minor. And even you see Wicklow beating us last year and Carlo under 20 and all that. So it just shows that slide has kind of been impacted from that um, in terms of enthusiasm and getting coaches involved and getting players to play for the county. But also we lost a chance in that goal to analyse it. Like, like when Roy Keane said after Thierry Henry's goal, like why didn't we clear it? Actually, let's hear from Roy. Well, I've been amazed at the the commotion that's been that's been going on for the last few days. I think um, around about Henri's handball, yeah, of course you handle it, but I'd focus on why didn't they clear it? I'd be more annoyed with my defenders and my goalkeeper than, than Thierry Henry. How can you leave a ball bunks in the six-yard box? Thanks, right. Thanks for that. Like, looking at the game, it's easy now to look over and think, oh, yeah, the game we lost, oh, poor us, we lost to Mead. But we, we should have tagged down points at the end, like Roy said. We should have had the bliss, discipline to hang on. Even the mix-up with Desi and Andy on the line, if you look back. We should have seen the game out, no doubt about that. They get overlooked and they, get, they don't get properly analysed because of everyone just jumps on the actual incident. So that's a kind of big, massive impact on, on taking away from us. It's not like 2002 we got robbed, but that was of our own doing or it was... Uh, it was a manageable, you could understand it, but this was like something that took away from the actual analysis of the game. Um, and I, you notice that as well, you talk to real good football men and women, they come up to me to know who I am or whatever with loud and proud and they'll say, oh, hard luck in the final. And a really good football man or woman would say, but you, it was awful, but you really, you actually blew it. And there you can tell, oh yeah, that's someone who has their head switched on and actually analysed the game and because we didn't score the last 10 minutes of the game. We didn't slow the game down enough. We lost men on the, on the last few minutes of it as well. So that's that's another impact where you take away the actual football analysis and, and an, an opportunity to learn from it. And instead we just have that excuse. And it gives all kind of supporters and everyone that easy out to not look, look at ourselves and shy away from it. Um, and then the, the next impact, we don't properly get to honour that side. Like, that was our best ever team. End of. Beats any Laird team ever. The 57 team. The team in the 90s. No question. It had balance. It had power. It had a ton of skill. 
tight markers, uh, tough players, and loads and loads of scoring power. Jesus, we only die for the scoring power it has. Let, let's go through it, right? So you have Galli, who was ahead of his time, really good soccer goalie, really good command and presence in the goals. Um, his soccer career and then played, played Gaelic, former infielder as well. Paddy Keane is the best midfielder we've ever had. John O'Brien is arguably our best man marker we've ever had. And then you look at the balance of that forward line I already mentioned, like um, Adrian, Mark Brennan, Andy McDonnell, <laughs> JP, Leno and Judge, those three boys inside it, that was some that was some power of scoring. And then Walkman like ability as well in the half forward line with a bit of a Maverick there, Mika and JP. And then like Darren Clark couldn't get in the side, Derek Maguire couldn't get in the side, Derek Crilly couldn't get in the side, all really solid players. Um, and then like, like like what's been what I feel sorry for the lads is that similar like you look at the Ireland teams, the soccer teams of the nineties and the ninety-four players, like the likes of Ronnie Wheel and Ray Heron, they're all living off that. Even Andy Townsend or Packy Bonner, they're all living off that those tournaments. And it should be the same for these boys. It, should, it, it, like, it really should, although that was starting 15 and more, and even fitter. And like, you look, I know Paddy Keenan got his All Star. Jobs got his nomination, his All Star nomination. Eamon McGauley actually got man of the match from the final. Um, but like Aaron O'Hoy, it would have been great for Aaron O'Hoy to get the reward for all the years of service. Like, he spent three decades with Loud. Uh, and then you have. Like the young guns, like Derek Maguire, Decky, and Andy coming through off that team, um, and there's someone else. Yeah, I suppose JP's service as well. <clears throat> but like, there should be, there should have been doctrine and the shine allowed football forever. But that Joe Sheridan just takes away from it, and that's that's possibly the biggest impact taken away from the game. Like, you don't have that sort of byline or you look at a lad and think like say like I'll, I'll, I'll put it to my son look dad Neil Gallagher what me I was trying to say was look dad there's Neil Gallagher the goalie in the 2010 team there's Ray Finnegan he was some player Brian White kicked some points in that run he was some player as well look at Andy McDonald he's still going he was on that 2010 team and what you have is now it's Oh look, there's Adrian Reed. He played for Loud. It's not um, Adrian Reed. He's a Leinster. He's a Leinster uh, winner. It's not. These boys aren't. They're not put on a pedestal because of that bloody malaise at the end, and that's awful. Because they should be. They should be. I know they'll always have it that they were on the on the field, on the on the day they played the Leinster final, they kicked points in the Leinster final, they banged in goals, but. It, that was been taken away from them. Like these boys should be dining out on it. They should be living their career off it. It should be Paddy Keane and Leinster, cha Leinster champion. And that is the real heartache. I know there's loads of bitterness in this podcast, but that's the real heartache that these lads have been. That has been taken away from the lads forever, and they'll always have the extra stink of the bloody what actually happened then. So that that that's one of the massive impacts I feel and. It's a pity, a real, real pity, because like I said, it was, it was our best team ever and it was a combination of an awful lot of things. Eamon McEnany's work, um, lads starting out under Val Andrews and learning their craft and honing their abilities and 
crescendo and with Fitzer coming in, that bit of looseness and going on a great run. And uh, they don't have that little, that little kind of stamp, rubber stamp of Leinster champion underneath their name. And it's, uh, that's bloody so annoying. Uh, I suppose the other, the other impact would be the county board. Like, they didn't shine any glory in the aftermath. And I, I suppose that's where I believe the apathy began. And I suppose, ironically, the manager, Fitzer, on the day, is now, has now led to that clear-out. Um, because you look at you look back on actual figures and the reporting of it. Four days later, we we had we decided as a county board the 15th of July that we weren't. It was that was it. And then on top of that, you think they would have like arm wrestled. Like even John Delaney got money out of FIFA for what happened, the scandal. Like we could have like we could have twisted the GA president Cooney's arm or. It even given us a load of money to get a new stadium or look after us in the future and, and really look after us. So then that impacts the stadium, which hasn't been built or hasn't been, which has been talked about for 10 years. I know there's been, that was a complicated issue as well with DKIT at the time. The O'Reilly since that and now since that we have this stadium coming up at the moment. So that's, that, that, that's another impact there as well. No stadium because of it. Then you look at the economics of it all. Did it, pulled people away from the GA in terms of money and backers. Didn't want to get involved with it. They kind of left this, stay away from that. Just, it's not worth getting involved there. And then you look at another impact, um, I feel, the, 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 it was actually one of the lowest attended Leinster finals, um, probably because with Dublin not in it. But there was 48,875 people attended the game. And I remember at the time, we reported at the time, there's 25,000 Loud fans at it, which was like massive. When you think of Loud's population now, it's 126,000. So that's what one in five, one in five people from Loud are at the game. Those bandwagon people that jumped on were lost forever that day. And I was chatting to Nicholas Butterly and we were WhatsApping as well. And he said like, never mind the new the bandwagon people that never came back. There's some diehards never went back. You know, um, and that that's hard to take as well, because all those people were forced away. And imagine you you won all those bandwagon jumpers. Like much like you see Ireland doing well in the rugby, they're all into the rugby at the moment, and they jump on board, and there's money in it. We lost out all on on all of that. And like I say, we're still in the days where we're quite, we're slowly but surely finding our feet and getting to us. Um, so that's that's another thing as well. That's a bit of a sickness. And what's also a sickness is you have neutrals as well, just lumping sympathy on you. Like it's just, oh, it's so annoying. Oh, the poor lad, oh, you shouldn't have. Oh, and then people bring it up here, it's probably the first thing they bring up. That's the bloody, that's the most social impact of it all. It's the first thing they bring up. I'll probably bring it up with the players as well. I can only imagine how hard it is for the players. Oh, in 2010, that's why I was talking to Paddy Keenan on that podcast with LGA. I wouldn't talk, I wouldn't bring it up with Paddy. Like, what do you say? What do you want to get on with? You've seen that in the in the Sunday game with uh, Fitzer and Joe Sheridan, what do you have to say from him? Like, what, we've nothing to benefit from talking about it. Like, it's done, we can't get on, we have to get on with it, but I suppose with this podcast, I am talking about it and I'm getting it out there and I'm kind of, this, this is the therapy session. So welcome to the therapy session. And then on top of that is, right, when the goal went in, I looked at my father as well and I thought, oh no, this typical loud, just like 2010, because I couldn't see exactly what happened. 
and, and that just adds to Loud's kind of this sort of inferiority pro, uh, product. And you'll see it at county board meetings on the floor, even Asha, why would we bother? We're only Loud. Why, like, why us? And then, then you think, oh, why was it? Why was it bloody us when that go went in? Like, it just adds to it, and it just, it just makes you think, oh, yeah, just th these things are supposed to happen to Loud. Like, these are preordained, and then you have this sort of feeling. Like, you look at even the Limerick Haulers. They, they were, they were stunned in 2000, no, 94. They were nearly, they were about to win, and they were, they were I think, Awfully kicked two, well, hauled, hauled two four in the last few minutes to win by four points, and come their Ireland victory a couple of years ago, twenty seventeen. Then in the last few minutes, they thought they were, they thought they were going to be gone as well. It took them that long to bury it, and even when they were buried, it was in the backs of the mines. So that's also impacted on loud players, loud on the rage, loud people. This inferiority project uh, product that is dumped on top of you. You feel that way of oh, this is loud. This is supposed. To, this is supposed to happen to us, and it's very hard to shake that. Very, we haven't really shaken it. Say a couple of good league teams under Colin Kelly, we might have went up, but still in the back of your mind, you're you're expecting things, bad things to happen to us. I don't personally feel that, uh, but you can just sense it. I would be looking for the optimism in it, in it at all. <clears throat> and then I also I caught up with with Derek Maguire. And Derek gives his thoughts on it as well. It's interesting as well from an actual player's perspective. I, I was just thinking, like, right, so if Loud had have won that game, what difference would that have made going forward? I, okay, so I thought for Loud, for the first time in 50 years, getting to a Leinster final and playing in a Leinster final and for all the controversy that surrounded it, it got even more of a hype than probably any other game for 10 years probably I'd say or most other games it'd be it'd definitely be in the top three games of the decade you know so I thought maybe that enough should be enough to like push on young fellas wanting to play for Lyle like you're at the senior county your senior county boys playing in a Leicester final they should have won it they're probably morally they won it like, or legally they won it you know what I mean so do I think really put Lyle the football back do I think we would have bet Carlo the year after if we had won the Leinster, I don't think so. Do you know? Uh, do I still think the lads would have all left the panel? Uh, the likes of John O'Brien, yeah, they would have. Because I think they would have been happy enough to say, "All right, I have a Leinster medal in my pocket here. I'm still going to leave." So I don't know uh, if, it, if, if, in my opinion, if it really put loud football back. Uh, like it, it was, will we would we still have bet Dublin? any other time to win another Leinster with the team they had realistically probably like, the answer the answer is no you know so like, people say that they put loud football back I don't know did it uh, yeah I, I have I a few theories on it yeah I don't mean to be quite negative on that answer and say like it would have been it would have been the exact same like, but like would, would having less to in your pocket have made you better play, play any better the year after against Carlo? Yeah. No, it, it maybe I don't know. See, the way I look at it is it's nearly off the field in terms of confidence and, and a lot of neutrals torn up that day and haven't come back and people who want to put money into loud and even diehards that haven't come back after that game. And then 
you know, kind of throwing people off the GAA yeah, as well. Yeah, okay, that's the way I'm looking at it now. But that's why I asked your opinion. You're fucking there. I don't think it would have pushed anybody maybe away from, from loud. I think it would have pushed people away from the GEA yeah. more than loud because there was so much injustice done by the GEA because they put the onus on me to make a decision for a replay when they should have made the decision themselves. So, yeah, I get the, I get that where you, it would have pushed people off the GEA and probably that would have had an effect on loud. Yeah, maybe that's maybe that's the way to look at it. Yeah, in that sense. But I, in terms of the team itself, I don't think it made much of a difference because it, it nearly made us want to go even more than the next year. You know, if anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's interesting. So 2011, he talk like he's talking about from a pure player's point of view in that camp, in that zone, in that time, and. He's on about 2011, but like I said to him there, it's about impact off the field. But you, you never know, like, would those lads have walked away? They might feel it's very hard to walk away now being a Leinster champion, but then, like he said, like, Whitesaw walks away with a Leinster medal in his back pocket and he might never come back again. Maybe there's more hunger there to win more. Maybe there's more hunger to get that, chase that feeling again rather than walk away from it. And um, Maybe there's more competition in the side. Maybe there's more people want to get interested and have a bit of that. So it's 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 hard to know. Um, there's also the thing as well, like like ten years on, and we're still in the cusp. We're in the cusp of Division Four for the second time in ten years. We went down a couple of years ago, and we won it. But like that, that just shows the long-term effect of it. That we struggled, we haven't got back. I know we did go up to Division 2 for a period after 2011, 2012 we're in Division 2. Um, but yeah, we're, so we're here we are in 2020 and we're all but down. Another two games have to be played. But yeah, so that's that's um, that's another, that's the long-term impact on it. Even 2011, was, we, had, we had a bit of a terrible, we had a terrible decade, like... The 2011 game against Carlos off with the Mead hammering us, and then we, we chug along. Then under Aidan O'Rourke, we're very close as well with that Wexford game, and then Mead beat us a couple of years in a row, and then like we just get hammered by Dublin, um, as well. So, yeah, uh, that's that's a really tough impact to take. And then the Sludden as well. Anytime a referee or anything is attacked or brought up. Sludden is always spoken about, uh, and that's hard to take for for uh, as a loud fan or a proud loud fan because we're not like that. That was just a one-off, and it's ridiculous him still being on the field trying to push his authority, putting out cards, and it hasn't really affected him. Maybe it's boosted his status because he's become uh, vice chairman in Tyrone. It's just it's just remarkable, really, like to do that. What what he's going on to do. Uh, maybe one other impact, the one positive impact on it was that um, I think they, they had to pick their own umpire, or neutral umpires had to come in. I know it took a long time coming, it only came in two years. Um, but but like that with the referee's stories, like the other impact is like um, Sean Boyan's story. I'm sorry, but I, I just think that's just pure horseman, you know. He was no more assaulted physically than Jim Core played the drums at half time in the field for half time entertainment like if, if you did if you did assault Sean Boyle on the day contact me because 
as far as I'm concerned, it's pure fantasy. Let's pick the nicest man ever for me, the winner, a champion in their eyes, and let's pretend he was assaulted to twist the narrative even further on the horrible loud fans. If anything did happen, he probably got made full of abuse. And even if you had witnessed that attack, DM me because I've not heard a person see it or believe it from loud. And I think that's unfair. We're, we're stuck with that. Actually, a funny one from the game. Um, I was with my father at the game. I could have went with my then girlfriend, who actually is from me. Yeah, can you believe it? We still survived it. But she had she had a corporate box that that day. It was a first and first time in Crow Park. Oh no, I was going to say last. No, she was at the 2011 league final the following year. Skint. But yeah, and she want, she couldn't get over that I didn't want to go to the corporate box. I, had, I said, no, I'm going to have to go with my dad for years and years and years. So I'm going to go with him and stay with him. So we're on the 21-yard line, Lower Hogan, near the hill. And perfect viewing point for JP's goal, actually. That side, just the ball, the arc, everything. And... Um, so the game's over and we're surrounded by loud people. We're in a loud section and we're all in shock. Like we're all just standing there talking and whispering nearly and consoling each other like we're about to board the bloody trained house switch or something. When out of nowhere this mead clown comes down roaring and he's actually like, we actually didn't even have to roar. It was so quiet. And anyway, he's openly jeering us and sneering us and rubbing it in our face and really going for it. Like when you're, when you're a child in front of the PlayStation to your brother or your friends or whatever. <coughs> and he's on the steps. And I'm one seat in from the steps. And my dad is, is right beside him on the steps. And in that moment, I just snap. And I make a jump to go for him. Go for your man, the mean gobshite. <laughs> and my father holds me back. And then a split second later, my father snaps. And I end up holding him back. It's actually hilarious now when I think, think of it. But in the end, some laughing and dog sorted him out, gave him a few slaps, so, uh, and a few deserved slaps, if you ask me. And of course, actually, I'd love to know who that was. Kind of familiar face. And whoever you are, thank you. And uh, do get in touch. And what was mad was, I still remember it, the mead lad, he just looked disbelief on his face after it happened. Like, like why would I get a slap for roaring in the faces of of people who lost the game and jeering openly in their, in their faces, like why? So, that never happens. You know, that, or ne sorry, that never gets mentioned in all this, like so, just wanted to put that to bed, that's one of the impacts as well. Um, also as well, a, a lovely reference point would have been, we would have been the last team uh, before this Dublin juggernaut takes off. And that never gets mentioned, so we miss out on that opportunity as well. That end of an era where we, where we inspire other counties like to commit and go on a journey. The dream was squashed, not only for us, but for other GA outsiders searching for the crumbs of this Dublin juggernaut. And it was, it was kind of, it was the end of an era even. It was, it was Jim come in, sorry, not, Jim McGuinness came in in 2011 and changed the whole style of football and the... Just the the way football was played. Um, you have even even the jersey, beautiful as it was, it'll always remind me of that day. It'll take away from it. Um, and then you have like you just think of that girl I have on the sleeve. I don't know who that girl is. She should get in touch with me as well. And then Joanne Clark, or that's the, the lady with the head down, Jack Clark's daughter. Um, she, she's in the GA Museum. 
uh, working there, high up job curator, I think. So she's there, it's that sort of sympathy and that's just what everyone remembers from that. It's not 1957, um, it's just that sad, sad, sad day where um, it was, uh, it should have been a thing of beauty, uh, but it wasn't. So that's that's, an, that's a lot, that's all the impact, that's the impact on it. It was a beautiful summer, it was a hell of a journey. Um, fell in love and even I won the championship that year as well and it's like, it should be fucking joy looking back at 2010, not this pain. Uh, I know we got some retribution when Jim smashed that ball again, Joe on the net that day. I think it was the important cup, was it? And we relegated him to the league and he's just sun then. And we've we've had a, a bit of a hex in them too, like everyone who loves that patronising sympathy on us, loves a grenade of hate upon me and haven't done that well nationally since. Uh, yeah, so that that's it. That's the impact. Ten years on, we're still in the days, we will get out of it, I suppose. We, we can bury this now, put a line under it. Hopefully we can try and put a line on it. Look forward to a new stadium, new players, new reference points, new heroes, and hopefully the heartache of all those lads will be not in vain. The, the starting team that day, Neil Gallagher, Aim McGauley, Desi Finnegan, John O'Brien, Ray Finnegan, Mick Fanning, Ronan Green, Paddy Keenan, Brian White, Andy McDonald, Mark Brennan, Adrian Reed, Colm Judge, Shane Allen, JP Rooney, Subs, Stephen Fitzpatrick, um, Aaron High, Peppy Smith, Decky Bourne, Derek Maguire, Craig Lynch. Um, so, yeah, that, oh, okay, maybe I do feel a little bit better getting this all out. Um, thanks very much for listening to the Loud and Proud podcast. If you want to get something off your chest or go into therapy with me, send me on. But thanks for coming to the session with me. <laughs> I'm going to leave you with a taste of next week's episode with Stephen White. Um, so we'll end on that bit of positive, bit of a positive note. Probably a bit of a, bit of a surprise, but sure, yeah. it's good to be recognised. I think there's, there's other counties that are actually doing something with them. Like, look, with the, with the other people that's there, you know, our Leila medals, Connacht, Ulster medals and blah, 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 coming out of their back pockets. You know, I have none of them. Okay, I have my Ulster medal, but um, you've, you've just the experience and, and playing at the top level for quite a number of years. I was lucky to do it and I'm, I'm honoured to do it. So, you know, those are, it's, it's, it's a slight different um, emphasis on, on that for my, me as an individual, you know, rather than the normal run. The middle fella that is, you know, we're coming up against Daryl Canada and fucking... Yeah, yeah. Stevie McDonald and Owen Kelly, these boys that have you know been there, done it, more played on the on the All Ireland days and won medals and custom medals or whatever. So it's nice to be recognised. You know? That's it. See you again with Stefan next Sunday. Right. You know that chick that used to dance a lot. I'm not gonna have it.